Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the program. The program that you hold so dear to your hearts, you the viewer. I welcome you back, and it's honestly such an honor to be on the airwaves with you all. Um, I made a recent promise to myself that I will become a underground SoundCloud country musician. And to do so, you need to create music. So I've been trying to make a song, and it's tough. It's fucking hard. Um, I don't know if, like, are you supposed to, I've asked this question to some of my friends before. Does the lyrics come first or the music comes first? No one knows, all right? And um, normally, I think people would try to share musical projects that they've worked longer than 12 minutes on. But I'm going to just share what I've had. And I'm proud of creating a verse and maybe a chorus. And um, I don't know what else to say. But I'm going to show it with, I'm going to show it to you. And I hope that doesn't scare you off from listening to the rest of this podcast, because that's obviously would be a definite negative. And um, I, I promise, though, the show will go up after this. It can only go up from here. So um, forgive my singing, too. I'm probably going to keep it a little bit on the low side. My roommates are all home, and I don't really want them to judge me because that hurts. All right. Um, so here we go. This is, I don't it doesn't have a name yet. So maybe someone. Uh, what do you think I should name it? Here we go. slow me down I'm just here to enjoy the ride crippled in student debt a mid-twenties piece of shit some of you think I ain't worth a damn but this is the program yeah I said the program tune on in it could change your life I said the program Yeah, I said the program Crank that dial and feel alright That's all I got, folks, so Woo! Woo! Um, yeah, so we'll see where that goes um, Welcome back to the program, like I said, episode 28 That's gonna be the Colton Orr episode I absolutely adored Colton Orr, and whenever I see number 28, I immediately think of the big scary man from Winnipeg, Manitoba, who is an absolute feared competitor, um, a, one of my favorite Maple Leafs of all time. Um, what a heroic man he was. Remember, like I remember um, when I think of Colton Orr, I immediately think of the 2012-2013 season, and um, I think that was the year of the lockout, yep. Yeah. I, I don't remember how many games they got in with the, you know, they figured it out halfway through. That was a weird year, eh? That was so odd. They just like had a lockout and then they picked it up halfway through the year. I think they played 48 games. But the Leafs that year, their fourth line was fucking hilarious. I think that was obviously Brian Burke days. Had to have been. But their fourth line was Jay Rosehill, absolute mutant killer. Um, Frazier McLaren, remember him? Absolute killer. And Cole Knorr. Like that guy's throwing slumber parties all over the ice, man. That guy was a killer. Um, I loved that. That was only 10, that's not even 10 years ago. It's crazy how much like hockey's changed and those guys have been kind of uh, phased out of, you know, hockey at high levels now. It's it's sad. Um, that's why you got to pay attention to the LNAH over there in Quebec, that hilarious league where guys are just mashing faces and people are like buying vans for guys across the country so that they can all carpool up there and play games. It's a wild time. Uh, there's a couple of good documentaries about that on uh 
on YouTube. But um, folks, I sorry I didn't get an episode out uh, till right now. Um, last week I was recording one on Friday night, and I and I really didn't want to, but I had to put one out and. I had a couple guests that fell through, so I was trying to get one out Friday night. I did. I got about 15 minutes in, and I realized that I didn't have my mic plugged in, and I was just talking into my laptop, and I listened to it back, and it was sounded so bad that I almost jumped off my deck. So I was so mad. I I, I just I just had to quit, and that's not what you do when you are a driven journalist. So I apologize. I have to make that make that a statement. I'm apologizing to you, the viewer, because I have to be better. But what I'm planning to do is um, I'm hoping to release uh, maybe another episode in the next couple days before I got some games in the weekend. So maybe that'll make up for it. Could it? Perhaps. I don't know. But um, you guys deserve better, and, and I apologize. I love, absolutely love fucking around with my roommates, especially one in particular. His name's Jared Legion. Sasky boy. He's a good kid. But, um, you know, like he's one of those guys, you know, you know when some people you meet them and I mean, you got to maybe like get to know them a bit before you start like, I maybe like just like horsing around with each other, you know, maybe like fucking around. But like, then there's those people you meet and like, it's like, you just are already buddies and you just start fucking around. Well, that was me and Leech. So like, I love just giving it to this kid. Like, we'll just, I'll randomly walk through the, the living room one day. And if he gives me the long look, we'll have, to, we'll just start fighting. So it's pretty hilarious. And I love, like my, my passion has always been just for no reason, just like yelling at my roommates and just like berating them when they don't need to be like, like here, this is a perfect example. He's in the living room right now. Listen to this. I'm just, just like an example of something I love to do. Hey, Liege, you don't shut the fuck up. I'm going to fucking knock you in the fucking head so hard. You're going to walk back to the prairies of Saskatchewan with your fucking tail between your legs. Okay. Don't fucking test me today. Fuck off. Just like that. I might get a rebuttal here. I hear some footsteps. No, because he's just used to it. He probably didn't even hear me. He might not even be home. I might have just yelled in an empty house. But moving on uh, to bigger and better things than, than whatever that just was. I apologize again for that. Um, I do not apologize to my roommate, though, because he had it coming. Though we shall move on to bigger things. Um, folks, I have a guest coming on soon. I've talked about him before mentioning that we will be doing a hospitality episode coming up. Um, I myself was a bartender for seven years. I had a great time doing it. Had some hilarious stories. And um, this gentleman that I'm work, uh, plan on having on, he's thinking about making a podcast and he's thinking about making it catered towards the restaurant industry. And I'm not sure if any, many of you listening ever worked in the restaurants or whatever, but you know, everyone goes to restaurants too. So like I find restaurant stories are just, you know, priceless and you know, one of my favorite things to do is go out to eat. And I know, obviously, I worked in that industry for a long time. So, I mean, I think it'd be a cool idea, but we'll have him come on soon and talk about it. But uh, just, I don't know, He, I think he kind of, he's kind of nagging at me to you know, maybe hop on board. But, you know, I can't obviously hop on and do that and take away from, that would probably cut into my project time. And I think we all know how much preparation goes into an episode for a show of this stature. So I don't know if that'll work, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We don't want to rule anything out here, but, um, you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's so many fucking hilarious things that have, I mean, per, even personally. So I would love, that'd be a sick, like, I'd definitely have some bartenders on and tell hilarious stories because, man, if those, like, those bartenders should write books, I think, after they work for a couple of years. Like, the shit you see is so hilarious. Like, I mean, for example, I was telling this one of my roommates today, we were talking about former coworkers 
And I mean, I've had a lot of hilarious jobs. So when I think back to some of the people I've worked with, like sometimes that'll what that'll be what I do with my spare time. I'll just sit there and be like, dude, I wonder where that guy is right now. Where what is he doing right as I speak across the globe, wherever he's at? What is he doing? Um, I had a gentleman. I, I used to work at this place. I'm not going to name the place because, I mean, you shouldn't be doing what this I'm going to tell. But this guy I worked with was like, I don't know if I'd say he was an alcoholic. But he definitely drank a fucking lot. Like, he was drinking every day I saw him. So, like, if that's what you want to classify an alcoholic, like, sure. But, like, I don't think, like, I don't know how to, I don't even know why I said that. But he drank a lot is what I'm saying. And he, when you, when you make Caesars, and um, for my, there's Americans listening to the show, you probably don't even know what a Caesar is. You probably never had one. It's like a Bloody Mary, but it doesn't suck like shit. It doesn't taste like ass. That's the difference. Between, I always tell people, like, what's the difference between a Caesar and a Bloody Mary? I'm like, oh, Caesar doesn't taste like ass. And they're like, what? I'm like, like ass. And then, so yeah, like a Caesar, for those of American friends who don't know, Clamato, vodka, two dabs, maybe three dabs of hot sauce. I like about six or seven because I'm, you know, I'm a kind of spicy little bit of guy. And then about four dabs of uh, Worcestershire, Josh. And a um, little rim on there, a little celery salt in the rim. Are you kidding me? Maybe a celery. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily need celery in my Caesar, but pff, damn right, I'm going to eat it if it is in there. Um... I got so off track with what I'm talking about there. I was so, like, I don't even know what the hell I was trying to say. So anyways, back to the actual story. But um, Caesars, everyone knows if you have a Caesar and, like, you have a virgin Caesar and you wouldn't know the difference. Like, you would have no idea there's no alcohol in it. And if you say you can, you just can't. You're lying because you can't. So this guy knowing so, and he was a sick bartender. Honestly, probably the sickest bartender I ever worked with. Like, this guy was pro. Like, he did this full time. Like, he didn't have another job. And he honestly was so good at it, he probably made tons of bank. Anyways, he would, every time someone made a Caesar and which would have been a lot, he would, he worked like the lounge bar a lot. So like a lot of people were guzzling Caesars over there. Every time someone made a Caesar, he would take the vodka for himself and he would drink it. He'd put it in this little coffee cup and like, I don't even know if he'd like, I'm sure he put something in it like Coke or something, but he would drink it out of a coffee mug and it was just hilarious, man. Like one night, I, I swear, I think he did like, I think he had like 18 vodkas one night and he's working and he was like unbelievable. Like, he's killing it. You wouldn't even know he was drunk, but he's hammered. And, like, he'd always, he'd, like, walk by me and, like, he'd wink. He'd wink. His eyes would get kind of red, but you wouldn't really notice. But, like, he'd, like, wink at me. And, like, what, like sometimes he'd whisper as I as he walked by. He's like, I'm fucking loaded. And he'd just be killing it. Like, it was wild. So, I mean, the restaurant podcast idea, it has a lot. There could be, like, I, I myself could go off. And, like, I've ample times I've thought about telling stories about, uh, that's what I tried to do, actually. I didn't even think about this. On Friday, I was telling a story. Um, about uh, the restaurant I worked at and there's there's too many to count man so I think that there's some real potential there and we'll have him on for an episode I think it'll be really cool and I mean he's a restaurant owner so I kind of want to ask him especially about the pandemic I want to ask like how that's worked like small business and government like I don't know especially up in Canada because they got some subsidies and stuff for small businesses so I think it it would be a very interesting episode and and I think it'd be very organic because my former boss and he's still involved Honestly, very impressive restaurateur. He's uh, opened and ran multiple different establishments. So it's pretty cool. I think it's very interesting to me. So I think that we could pass on that interest to you, the viewer, and we can make something out of that. All right. We'll call that another episode. Maybe that's number, episode, number, episode number 29, maybe. Huh? I feel like my voice sounds weird today. Is my voice sound okay? I was asking that to people all day. I was like, I might do a pod tonight. How's my voice sound? My voice sounding good? But anyways...
11 minutes. I laugh. I You ever listen to Bill Burr's podcast, the Monday morning podcast that he releases on Thursdays too, I think. But um, he always does that. It's like he's like trying to kill time. He always looks and he'll be like, and we're at 12 minutes. Like he's like trying to eat up time to make his pod go longer. And he's always bitching about it. Find that quite, quite comical. Anyways, um, I still can't believe what's going on up in uh, Canada. I think that some things are certainly like there's some restrictions definitely being loosened, but um, it's just, I can't believe it. It's just foolish to me. I'm so over COVID man. And I'm like, don't come on this podcast, talk about this shit and like make a stance about anything. Um, this podcast is basically about the absolute opposite of that. But, um, I mean this COVID shit, man, it's, it's tough. Like it's real. It's definitely around there. I mean, people are getting sick and I mean, people have died and that's awful. And we need to do everything we can to stop that. And we need to, um, get rid of this thing for sure. But I don't know about what we've been doing is, isn't, isn't really working that well. I don't think, I mean, especially up in Canada, like, what are you going to do? Like we got, we got still locked down in like maritime provinces that have like under a hundred cases in each province. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to wait until it, there's zero cases. That's the only way we can get rid of it is zero cases. Like New Zealand did a great job. And then they've had one case and they put the entire Island on lockdown. And I mean that I don't necessarily think that's a terrible play. I mean, maybe they'll get back to, zero cases immediately but like what are we going to do up in Canada you're just going to wait until there's just wait until there's nothing like I don't know it's it's interesting to think about what they're going to do but how like there's the people get flu shots every year there's variants every year the fucking thing changes all the time like people are I don't know like up in North Bay for example um they had an outbreak and it was a very it was the variant I guess and so they were taking that very serious up there but there's going to be variants you know what I mean like there's variants of every flu there every year. So I don't know. I'm not a health scientist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to act like I'm smarter than the doctors, but I don't like, uh, I don't like what we're doing. I don't like the lockdowns. I don't think it works. I think it's stupid. I think it's got to come to a fucking end. Let everyone off their leash up in Canada. Let's go back to work. Um, one thing though, I mean, which is scary to think about, and this is more catered towards Canada, but, um, I mean, international friends, this, this is interesting for you too, but like what it's in, like, are they going to just keep telling us to social distance and keep telling us to wear masks? Like maybe Canada's saving a bunch of money in the hospitals this year. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they're saving a bunch of money because everyone's being so safe with COVID and they like to save that money. Maybe they don't want to spend it anymore with everyone getting coughs and colds and going to the hospital and getting checked out and, you know, doing that kind of thing. Maybe, I don't know, scary, pretty scary. Um, I, th- I thought about this today too. And this is really random. I'm sorry. I'm just jumping around today. It's just, this is just the way it's going to go. Um, I'm not as conspiracy. I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but um, everyone hates Alex Jones. Um, I didn't even know who he was until he was on Joe Rogan a couple, like right before the election and everyone got really pissed off. I think I talked about that briefly on this show, but um, didn't even know who the man was. Didn't know him at all. And um, I find it's very odd that like, is he banned? He's banned from like everything. And he's like some crazy, I think they deem him right wing, but I don't even know if he is or what he is. He's just kind of nuts. He just kind of like goes against, he just tries to, if there's someone's, if someone's doing something fucked, he'll find out and try to expose him. Basically is how I gauge him. I don't know much about him. The only time I've ever really heard any of his work was on that podcast. And he sounded like he chain smoked 4,000 cigarettes right before talking. His voice has aged let's say probably because he yaps all the time, but, um, it's kind of odd. Like, why is he banned from every platform? Is it because he's truly an idiot and that's why he's banned? Like, that's what everyone thinks or that makes sense. And maybe he is banned for that. But what if this guy's just out there ripping truth bombs? 
like apparently he said something wild though like that sandy hook was fake and like that he got some huge black backlash on that or something like about that i believe but i mean he's he's called some things that really happened apparently like he was tooting the horn about epstein long before all that shit came out but anyways I'm like who, why am i talking about this i have no idea but maybe he's telling the truth maybe it's weird you know i certainly don't want to keep these restrictions and i mean it's, it's probably it's only a matter of time like that that's why like, i wanted to get on podcasting when i did like i originally always said i was gonna wait till after i was done playing hockey to ever get trying anything but like i thought that was stupid and also i'm scared that they're gonna take it away like they're like i they're gonna just take it away so we can't say things i don't know maybe they will i hope they don't um but people are so offended by everything now like when people say stupid shit like it's such a deterrent to other people and I'm not saying we should be saying stupid shit, but like this cancel culture, all that kind of thing, we're just slowly taking away our rights. I feel like if we just keep fucking just, it's, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Maybe I'll leave it there. Probably should. Cause I'm probably not making any sense. Thought about this the other day. This is, this is hilarious. Um, when I was like six years old, I think I was watching America's funniest home videos, AFE probably used to be my favorite show. I used to absolutely go ballistic when that thing was on and they had the best host. I don't remember the guy's name. The host that they had multiple, I think, or maybe two, but the guy who did it until it's ending, he was the best. He was legit. He was a beauty. Don't you miss shows like that with good hosts and you care and you're like, oh, let's go see what he's up to tonight. That was sweet. Um, but there's a clip. On, remember, also remember what AFV, like that was how we had to watch funny shit or like Tosh.0, stuff like that. Like we did like the internet before the internet took over everything, YouTube, TikTok, all this shit with the clips. We, that just used to be how we have to watch stuff like that before the internet. Crazy. For some of you young folk listening, that was how it was done back in the day. <laughs> Interesting. I love learning. Um, but I saw a clip on this show, and, it, and I don't remember. It changed my life forever, basically. Um, it, was, it was something to do with a spider. I don't even remember the clip, but it was definitely something to do with spiders. And I, got, I didn't like it. It made me all creeped out of spiders. Um, and I, for the next 17 years, not joking, until about a couple years ago, I stopped doing this. I'd say like 18 years, 17, 18 years. Every time I went to the bathroom, I would check under the toilet seat for spiders because I was scared of them being under there from this one clip I saw on AFV. And it was literally not until like a couple years ago that I stopped doing that because I was like, Harrison, it's been, you've been doing this for 18 years and you haven't found one spider under a single toilet you've used. And uh, I think it's time to stop, to put it away, to just put that in the past. And I did. I moved on. I was proud of myself. I felt so good. I felt rejoice taking control of my emotions that's what i did but isn't it funny you ever had that like just like something stupid like what if i didn't see that clip i would never do that for the rest of my life so you never know you might you never know what's going to stick with you you know so be careful what you're doing out there um but i i don't hate spiders i don't love them that's for sure um i i used to be like pretty big bitch about them like if there was a spider in my house i'd be like ah, i wouldn't even touch it i'd like make my mom come in and kill it it was hilarious um but this bait, then one day, I, I now want, I forgot, there's a reason why I'm not fucking scared of them anymore, this traumatic incident, um, it was my first real job ever, like, actually, where you actually, like, work in a decent amount and stuff, and it was at a batting cage in Calgary, those of you who are listening from the Calgary region, you know it, you know it well, you love it, you hold it dear to your hearts, it was called the Cage Batting Range, owned by a mystical man named Randy Ferrara, I wonder what he's at these fucking days, that guy was awesome, uh, hilarious boss. Um, should I say his name? 
I, I don't know how to bleep it out, so I can't do that. And I already said his name, and I'm still talking, so I don't feel like going back and editing that out. So I'm going to leave it in there. Um, but this place was awesome. It was such a sick, like, such a sick job. Like, when no one was there, and it was just me, I used to just sit there, throw the TV on. I used to bring season one of the OC with me, crushing the OC while I'm working on the cashier. Kind of a beauty move. Um, this place was sick. And, like, I, I'm sure you know what a batting cage looks like. It was, like, outdoors and... You know, there was only cages on like the one half of it, obviously. There's no traditional batting cage. And you know how it goes, how it has to be like a ice cream cone kind of shape. Like, you know what I mean? So the balls will all funnel down into the middle so they can go up the little conveyor belt and get fed back into the pitching machines again. You know how the, the shape takes there? You know what I'm talking about? So that's what this was place was like. It was like concrete and had that ice cream cone funnel effect to get the balls to go down. But, like, obviously all the water would go down, too, if it rained and shit. So there was, like, a drain that, like, led through that. And it came out, like, it wasn't right under there, but it would come off a little bit of ways, a couple meters outside of the cage. And it eventually linked up back to the city sewer. But, like, there was this manhole outside of it. And if you opened it, you could look down into, like, I guess it was, like, the drain. It was the drainage area, like, for that fucking cage. And right before it makes its way to the sewer line, it was, like, I'd say when you open that manhole, it was like, it had to have been like 10 feet deep probably. And it was just like, I don't think I could even put my arms fully across like my wingspan. I don't think I could put my, so you're kind of like in a little tube down there and there's this little sketchy ass ladder. And basically at the bottom of this thing is just a bunch of muck and shit from all the rain, you know, all the dust and dirt that gets washed through the gutter. And so once a year, someone's got to fucking clean it. And we draw straws and sure as shit, who gets the fucking short straw? Always. Harpsy babe, Harpsy baby. So I pick up the short straw. I'm absolutely torn up. So the next shift when I come in, I got I know that I'm doing the, I'm doing the, the drain. I'm cleaning the freaking drain. And so I, I show up the next day for war. I brought track pants, old track pants, and a hoodie, work gloves. I brought some sort of glasses. I can't remember. And what I, I brought duct tape too. There's and um, I brought rubber boots. And I tucked my track pants into my rubber boots, duct tape over the boot onto the track pant. I put the work gloves on, duct tape around um, the wrists so there's no entrance for anything into the fucking, you know, and there's, not, there's no, no chance nothing can touch me. I got the hood up. I had uh, spectacles of some sort. And then I pulled the drawstrings of my hood when I had it up. And, like, the only thing visible was my two little beady eyes behind these hilarious, like, safety glasses I was wearing. And the reason I'm doing this and the reason I'm telling the story is because this fucking drain thing was just covered with spiders. Like, it was insanity. And now I couldn't imagine if that drain was in a place like Alabama. If that was a place like down here, the spiders and shit that'd be around here, I would have had to quit that job. But, um... That's why I loved Calgary growing up because there's like no bugs at all. Like there's not. Like you use mosquitoes when it's raining a bit. But like other than that, there's literally barely anything. There's no bugs at all. I hate bugs. And I took for granted that. But there are some spiders, but they're minuscule compared to anything down here or anywhere else, somewhere else in the world. But I didn't know there were so many spiders. And I think every spider that was big in Calgary was inside that drain. So they lower me into this drain. I crawl down the ladder and literally, like, I had a little flashlight. They gave me a bucket and a little shovel. It was, like, to make sandcastles with. And that's what I had to scrape this shit out with. And they had a hockey lace tied to the handle of it. And they were just going to, I would just fill it up with shit. And they'd bring it out and throw it in a garbage can. But 
I'm not joking. Like the walls were moving with spiders. Like there was like waves of spiders. Like you could barely see the bricks. That's how many spiders they were. And they dropped down my little spider killer, little foam stuff. And I just went to town. Absolute murder of spiders in there. It was, it was a massacre. Um, I felt bad, but you had to do it. And it was for self-protection. And, but that moment kind of got me over spiders. Like it was, he wouldn't, they went boss basically wouldn't let me come up those clean. So like, it was almost cruel. A lot of people probably would have quit, but I gave it my all. And then the worst part of the story is that next year, my boss sells the batting cage and a new fella buys it. And he doesn't retain any employees, but me, he just keeps me around. He wanted to run it himself. He didn't want to pay employees and shit, but he needed someone around who'd been there. So I worked there a bit the next year. And so when it's time to clean the drain, who's going to do it now? No straws to draw. No one else to do it with. Harpsy down the fucking hole again. So two years in a row dealing with that shit. Yeah, you get over spiders pretty freaking quick. I'll tell you that. Um, but seriously, I don't know. What, that spider talk just came out of nowhere kind of. But I think I'm good now. Uh, I haven't really seen any spiders down here. Thank God. But uh, it's getting hot. Like the other day, it was, it was 27 degrees yesterday. I was hanging out by the pool, getting my tan on. Are you kidding me? Um, but like when I've been going golfing and stuff, like you can just hear the woods are starting to sound a little more alive. There's some action out there. You can hear the bugs chirping, shit going around. So I'm going to have to keep my head on a swivel because I'm not a huge bug fan. There's also massive snakes down here apparently. So I, gotta, I just got to keep my head in the swivel. Keep, keep on full alert because I don't need that happening to me. No one does. But, like, isn't it funny, reverting back to the reason I started talking about the spider story, was uh, the reason I basically started, it's just funny, isn't it funny how, like, one moment like that, you just start, like, I saw one clip of a spider, and it basically traumatized me for life, and I stopped doing it. It's crazy. I find, like, I'm a pretty superstitious guy, too, and I'm really trying to stop that, because I, I don't enjoy it. I feel like I am very superstitious, and one of my superstitions is I don't like talking about my superstitions. That's a superstition. Is to talk about them. And I heard that because Sidney Crosby used to do that. So that made me superstitious about talking about my superstitions. Because it must work. If it works for that guy. He's doing pretty well. One of the best of all time. So I started doing that. But um, I'm trying to break him. Because like I could go on all day. I could bore you to death. I, I, the shit I do superstitious wise. Is it would blow your mind. If I ever told it to someone. They would put me in a chair. They would literally. They'd probably take me to a home. Um, so I'm trying to break those habits and I've always traditionally found this is personal base. I don't know what it, how it looks for you, the viewer, but like, and I'm talking about, I'll talk about hockey, I guess. Cause you know, playing hockey a lot and that's usually what I'm superstitious about. And, but this goes for anything work fucking, and it can be applied to anything. When I get like, I like when I am superstitious and I get like that, like I like to stick to a routine and then like, I feel like I got to keep doing that routine and then heavens forbid, if I play good, like the next game, it'll be like, oh, I got to do exactly what I did last time. Like I'll be like, I got to step on that sidewalk crack there because last Wednesday I did and I played good that night. Like I'll start doing shit like that. And I hate it. And I've traditionally found that I, when I do that, like I'm starting to like follow those routines and stuff. It, it doesn't really work out. And I find that when I've played best, felt the best, performed the best is usually when, oh, sorry. It's my girlfriend calling me. She should know I'm in the studio. Sorry, Chrissy. I'm going to have to call you back. The people need me. Um, I found that when I play best is when 
I don't like I just kind of came in there I didn't try to follow a routine I wasn't thinking about superstitions I had to follow I just went in there and I did what needed to be done to feel good and got ready to play you know live in the moment live in the moment that's what it's all about and I find that usually is the result that I'll think back to like oh I gotta do what I did the other day what was I doing and I was like well what I was doing was not giving a shit about what I was doing the day before I was just doing what needed to be done so I don't know if anyone else gets like that, but I, that's my theory on it. And I, I often wonder what other people's like mental, you know, what their minds do on game days and stuff like that, or preparing for work or, or what, what they care about and, and what may, and like, I wonder if people think about that. Cause I, I mean, I find it so funny. Like no one talks about that shit. Like, you know, the mental part of it's huge. And I find that I've definitely noticed that growing up, you, especially more you grow up, you realize like, you just gotta, you know, you gotta keep, you gotta keep on that shit. Have your thoughts. You are what you think. Fucking get ready. Let's go. Folks, I'm not going to keep you here too much longer here. I'm going to let you get back to your days here in a moment's time. But uh, there's some uh, clerical things I want to get all, uh, underway here with. Um, Clubhouse is my last chance at social media fame. Not that I want it, but it's my last platform. to. It's the last chance I have to take over, you know? A new app. That's when you, you got you to gotta be an early adopter. You got to get in there. You got to figure it out. And you got to fucking make it happen before everybody else gets on the app and makes it become a huge pile of shit. Okay? Um, I got a couple invites. So if you're interested in coming on Clubhouse, you have to come on though and follow me. And if I create a room, you have to come in sometimes. And um, you might have to... You might have to say some things. Okay. I don't really understand how to use it. Um, I'm going to dive in though. I'm going to do some diving in. Um, there's a potential for another episode with a different guest this week. I'm probably going to make a reach out here. We're going to get producer Matthew Donnelly on to the show. And when I say producer, he is extremely involved. He's almost quit his, he almost quit his job to be full at the project. But I mean, right now we can only really accept one full-time position being me, but, uh, might have him on. Um, Matt helps me out when I have guests on and he helps me edit all those episodes and put piece together the episodes because like I said, I am not very technologically sound. All right. We're going to have him on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of good things are going to be coming. Um, this kind of pissed me off the other day. Um, not didn't really piss me off. I mean, it's, it's totally understandable and I see why, but, um, you know, that podcast, the minor, the minor league mayhem one. Um, guy, on my team was on it the other day. It was actually sick, but, uh, great, great. Pod. They're doing, well, love what they're doing too. Like, it's a great idea, but I'm pretty sure theirs started after mine and they have a significantly more affable following. So all I can say is that me being a marketing student with business degree, I'm just clearly not marketing myself right or properly. And that's evident in the postings you see on my Instagram or the shit I put up on Facebook. Uh, it's pretty evident. So maybe one day that'll come to a change. Probably not. All right. But that's for now. That's not, that's not, that's here nor there. All right, folks. This is episode number 28, the Colton Orr episode. Colton Orr. Colton Orr. Folks, thank you so much for coming. Sorry I had to listen to my song. Maybe there'll be another one though. And um, I, t- I promise you though, give me a couple weeks. I'm going to tinker with this voice of mine. I'm going to find out. Maybe I can sing. Maybe you'll find out too. Joking, folks. See you later. Have a good night. Love you. Bye. Episode 28.